0: I gotta go get my Bible, preacher. Uh-oh! I think I've preached about having to look for your Bible before. If you have your Bible, we're gonna be in the Book of First Corinthians once again tonight. We've been studying through the, the beginning of Paul's letter to the church here. What what you normally like to start out with in in any sort of letter? Let's say, you start out with the <clears throat> start out with the important stuff. Uh, if you're like me and, and you don't have a very long attention span, then if, if it's not in the beginning, if it's not part of the first stuff, uh it, it usually gets left out, skipped over, skimmed over. So I, I believe that, that God put it here in the beginning on purpose. Book of First Corinthians, chapter number two. Now we're gonna pick up in verse number 1, at the tail end of chapter 1, uh, Paul talks about uh, no flesh to glory in his own presence. In that everything that we do or say, uh, whenever we're trying to be a witness for God, whenever we're trying to be a blessing for God, we're doing it for him and we're not doing it for us. And uh, leading into chapter number 2, he kind of expounds on that a little bit more. We're going to pick up in verse number one, 1, Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 1. And I, brother, when I came to you, came not... With excellency a speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you a testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I want to start out once again tonight with a question. Where exactly does our faith stand whenever it comes to sitting in a church service? Whenever it comes to reading and studying God's Word? What makes it a, a good service? What makes it a good sermon? What makes it a good song? What makes it a good revival? What makes it Good. Whenever we finish up a church service, do we? Uh, what do we look for in a sermon? What do we look for in a revival? What do we look for in a Bible study? Going into it, what are our expectations? What makes us say it's been a good service? Is it a feeling? Is it a, a preacher or a message or a song that, that just gets all up in you, give you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside? Or, or is it a... a is it a sermon or a song that, that makes you laugh and, and keeps your attention by punching your giggle box open? Or is, it, is it charismatics? Is it somebody telling you exactly how much God loves you and, and leaving out the part about, uh, about how the Bible convicts, of, uh, convicts us of our sinful lives? Well, what is it that we want? What is it that we look for? A lot of times what we want what we need is two totally different things whenever it comes to the Bible. What we want is for God to tell us it's okay. What we want is for God to say, Oh, everything is good. You're on a roll. Keep doing what you want to do. A lot of times what He says is that we need to do better. What He says is that something in our life is not right. A lot of times what He says is, is you need to be more forgiving. You need to be more loving. Or I need to pray more. I need to study more. Sometimes what He says convicts us. Is that what we consider to be a, a good service to be a part of? Whenever we can get convicted or, or do we get offended? Do we get to the point that we say, oh, well, got, they must be talking about everybody else in the service because it can't be talking about me. Whenever a revival meeting shows up, well, well I'm, I'm already at the, at the pinnacle of my Christian life. I'm, I'm good enough. I'm exactly where I need to be. Paul said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. I pray to God every day that I could be used of Him and that things that I would say, things that I would do would not bring dishonor to Him. Because in my life, while I love my kids, while I love baby, while I love my family, while I love my wife, while I love this church, God has to be the most important thing in my life. Living for Him has to come first. And then He promised that everything else works out. And whenever that is in fact the case, I can't walk into a church service just expecting or looking for a feeling. I've got to be expecting and looking for the Holy Spirit. That, that power of God. And there's a lot of people today that, that allow feelings, that allows charismatics, that allows preachers' uh, way of speaking to determine the outcome of what God's Word has on their life, the effect that God's Word has on their life. Whereas in all reality, and, and what Paul is is trying to get across here, is, is that it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. And the same things with singers. There's one particular singer that my dad's always kind of had a problem with, and he's a fantastic singer, has an absolute gift. And and, and we've sang a couple of his songs before, but there's one particular song and it seems like every time we've ever seen him, he's sung this one particular song. And nowhere in the song does it reference anything um, uh, about God. It, it's all about him. Uh, it's all about how high I can get and how low I can get and, and how good I can do in this song. And it's, it's not a gospel song at all, but that's the song that he's known for. And whenever we ask, Daddy, hey, can we sing this song in church? Because it's a good, upbeat, feeling, good song. He says, "No, that song has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with praising Him. It has nothing to do with with His message." He said, "This song is all about the singer." And whenever we witness to other people, whenever we sing, whenever we praise God, do we do it? Do we do it for the message, or do we do it so that the messenger gets glory out of it? Paul said, "I came not to you with excellency of speech." There's some people that and. and <laughs> There's churches without pastors right now because they will not take a pastor that does not scream and holler because they think that that is, that is the Word of God. If you don't scream and holler, then you, you can't be a good preacher. And others will not take preachers that do scream and holler because if you scream and holler, you can't be a good preacher. And, and people look at it both directions, whereas screaming and hollering and the tone of our voice shouldn't determine whether or not the message is received. If it comes from God, it's supposed to be good. Because it comes from Him and God is good. And all the things that are good come from Him. But if the message comes from man, it, it don't matter how eloquent a speech it is. It don't matter how many big words is used. It don't matter how many funny jokes are cracked. It, it don't matter how many people stand up and clap. If it's not from God, if it's not His message, if it's not His Word, it don't matter. It becomes a speech. And not a ministry. Paul said, "I didn't come to you with excellently a speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And we understand that whenever we take the word of God into the world, that it's not it's not our words." It's not how attached I can get to somebody. It's not how big of an impact I can make on their life. It's how big of an impact God can have on their life. And and that was Paul's mission going into this church is is to preach Christ crucified. That's it. He he, he didn't want to to get in and and know all and see all and fix all and and just pat them on the back and say it's going to be okay. The Word of God is meant to be convicting. If I read my Bible... If I read my Bible right, if we study right, if we go to church right, we're supposed to be convicted. We're supposed to be encouraged. But we're supposed to be fed spiritually. And it all comes back to that. Paul said in verse 3, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. It's, it's not about me. It, it's not about what I do. It's not, not about how I make you feel. It's, it's not about... Uh, about anything that I have to do with it. The perfect preacher does not exist because we are human. The message is always perfect. But the perfect preacher does not exist. Turn with me if you would to Ephesians chapter number 3. Book of Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 14. Paul once again, he said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with the might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend what all the saints that is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ. That's what it's all about. It's not about what I'm dressed like. There's a man and his signature. Everybody's got a signature whether we know it or not. His signature was tying fancy knots in his tie. That's his, that's his thing and every time you see it if you look close enough, there's a weird funky some sort of different kind of knot and he always talks about it. But if if me wearing a tie hinders someone from hearing the word of God, I'm supposed to take it off. If me wearing big words hinders someone wearing big words, this has been a long week if me using big words hinders someone else from, from seeing the Word of God, from hearing the message of God, then I'm supposed to stop. It's all about Christ. Verse 19, The love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all of which we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. If we allow God to use our life, if we allow the Holy Spirit to live out in our life, then we have that same power within us. We have that same ability through the Holy Spirit, not through me, but through the Holy Spirit. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, and we're going to get over there in in a little while, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 19. Paul said, For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. Unto the Jew I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. And unto them that are under the law, as under the law I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. I was uh, called to preach at a church up in Mississippi. He asked me if I'd come and, and preach two services that day. I said, absolutely. A little while later, he called back. Uh, the, the preacher did. The pastor did. He said, oh, I forgot to mention, make sure you wear a white shirt. All right, no no problem. I had a white shirt at the time. No problem at all. I'll wear a white shirt. If I show up to that church and I'm in a blue shirt or a whatever color shirt this is, and that distracts from the message of God, then I'm wrong. If I show up to the church and I have a beard, and, and those people are, think, think that beards are weird. They think that preachers shouldn't have them. But I know that and I show up there anyway with hair all over my face, and that distracts or takes away from the message of God, then I am wrong. If I show up in in khakis instead of a a full same color suit, and that takes away from the message of God, I am wrong. But if I show up to witness to somebody that's not a church person and I'm wearing a suit and I know that that's going to distract them, I know that that's going to deter them, I know that that, that's automatically going to separate them I wear that on purpose. I'm wrong. Paul said to all men, I became all things that I might by any means, by all means, save some. Now Paul's not saying that he's going to save them. He's saying that he's going to preach the gospel to them. He's saying that he's going to reach them to the Jew. I became the Jew. And I'm not saying that we should bow down to all men, but in order to reach men, in order to reach them with the gospel, we have to stand in the excellency of God. We have to stand our faith in God. We have to we have to turn it over to Him. We can't allow things to stand between us and other men whenever we're trying to be a witness to them. Matthew chapter number sixteen. Very familiar scripture. Jesus is talking to Peter. He says in verse 17, well, he asked him before, he said, Who are, who, who am I? Whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Thou art Christ, Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock will I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's not talking about Peter himself. He's talking about the faith of Peter. The knowledge of Peter. The submission to, 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 him, to, to Jesus. He's And upon this rock. Upon this faith. Upon this commitment. Upon this knowledge. Upon this zeal. Upon what you have shown here. I will build my church upon this. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I find it extremely uh, ironic that, that right on down, Peter uh, <laughs> Peter kind of lost his, his Jesus for a minute. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter was fully committed. Peter was sold out. Peter, Peter got given one of the best compliments that I've ever seen in the New Testament. And then in just a minute, he fell again. In just a minute, he let that old fleshly man come out. I can be really upset whenever somebody comments about hair on my face. That can just upset me. Ooh, I can let that get to me. But if I do, then I can't be a blessing. I can let people talk about the way I look, the way I act, the way I talk. But if I do, I can't be a blessing to them. If we're to be a blessing to them, I'm not saying that that to reach a... To, to reach people we should get down and waller in the mud with them. But sometimes we have to become Jews to reach the Jews. And Paul said that he didn't he didn't become without law. That he was still under the law of Christ. But he did what it took to reach other people. He did what it took to preach to them. And he did it not not in self because I came to you, verse number 3, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Not to try to keep your attention. Not to try to make jokes. Not, not to try to make some big scene. Not to try to make you feel good. But to get across the message of Christ. And I pray that that, that remains my goal. To always get across the message of Christ. And as we go out in this community and we live that Christian love, as we live Jesus' love, that should be our same goal. To preach even through our own lives, through the way that we act, through the way that we talk, through the way that we look, to preach that same Christ. The demonstration, verse number four, of the Spirit and of power. To demonstrate that. To take that, that the, and that's a verb there, to, to take that action into the world. To show others, not just be a Christian, but to demonstrate what Christianity really is. Not to just say that I love Christ, but to show what the love of Christ actually is through the Spirit and through that power of God. Verse number five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If someone has faith in me, eventually I'm going to let them down. As a person, I'm going to let them down. I had every intention of being in my house the end of May. That was my intention. And had the carpenters not held me up on the roof, I think I'd have got there. But my wife had faith that we was going to do that. Well, kind of. She never really did, but she told me she did. It made me feel better. She had faith that we did, but I had no control over that. I did everything that I possibly could do, and I still could not make that happen. Eventually, people are going to disappoint you. But God never will. Paul said, I do all of this. I preach to you. I came to you this way. So that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men. So that you wouldn't hear what I'm saying. You wouldn't hear the, the, the words that's coming out of my mouth. as something that Paul is saying. But something that God is saying. Something that's coming straight from him. Something that is the message. And not paying attention to the messenger. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of Of God. Now I want to ask us where does our faith stand? Whenever we we walk into a church service. What do we focus on? Do we focus on the message? Or do we focus on the messenger? Do we look for a, a, a preacher to make us feel good? Do we look for a foot stomping, hand clapping good time? And I'm not saying there's anything in the world wrong with it. It was in the spirit of God. That I pray that each of us can allow our faith to stand in the power of God. In the Spirit of God, and every day in our life that we can demonstrate that same power through that same spirit. Well, we have a verse for song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation.